the Lax Factor Podcast. What is up, College Across fans? You're watching episode 228 of the Lax Factor Podcast. I am your host, Ted Hoost, and today I'm going to start laying out my preseason top 20 for Division One. I have been blessed with an actual media poll vote in the Inside Lacrosse media poll in 2023 here. And uh, so I had to start kind of putting this list together. And so I'm going to rip through my first team outside of the list. And then I'm going to cover number 20, number 18, and number 17. And then probably Wednesday, I'll get through down into like uh, 12 or so. But uh, before I get into that, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, share the crap out of this video with your homeboys or your homegirls. And uh, you can always go to laxfactor.com. All of our videos get posted there, as well as the audio version of the podcast. And you can also pick up some swag t-shirts. We've got t-shirts I designed that are just lacrosse specific, as well as our Lax Factor you know, podcast and regular Lax Factor t-shirts and crap like that. So let's get into it. And the first team I want to talk about, my first team out, and it's not going to come as a surprise to, to many people, is Syracuse. Now, I came very close to putting Syracuse in as my number 20 team. And my reasoning is if you compare this year's roster to last year's roster, I think especially offensively, they have a lot more depth. And it looks to me like it's a little bit better on paper overall. Yes, Cuse loses their top four leading scorers from a year ago, most notably Tucker Dordovic and his 59 points are heading off to Georgetown to play his graduate year there. I wish him the best of luck. Brendan Curry and his 53 points graduated. Owen Seabold, he filled in admirably for a shorthanded attack unit after Owen Hiltz went down with an injury, as did Mikey Berkman. But let's be honest here, neither is a huge loss overall, uh, and and uh, neither would have contributed nearly at that level if Hiltz was playing and they didn't have some other key injuries here and there. Syracuse's new attack unit, the one made up of Owen Hiltz, he had 29 goals, 19 helpers, and 48 points in 2021. Alex Simmons looks like he may be the other starter at attack. Denver transfer. I told people that it is a huge pickup for Syracuse when that happened. He put up 30 goals, 15 helpers, and 45 points in 2022 for Denver. And then our new number 22, Joey Spelina. That has me, those three attackmen have me far more excited uh, when compared to the attack unit that Syracuse put out last year. And, and Syracuse even being able to put the unit out they did last year required they pull Dordovic down from midfield, which greatly depleted the midfield depth as well. So this new look attack, I think, has Cuse fans a lot more optimistic. And I think on paper and, you know, overall, I think that's a much better unit. And I think, I think they'll play better together. Now, the real question mark for this team and the reason I could not put them uh, in at that top spot is because Riley Figueroa, uh, I, I think that's how you'd probably pronounce that. I'm not 100% sure. They handed him the number 11 here in the fall, and he is lost to an injury. So we already we were already bad on defense last year, and our only returners now are Nick uh, Kakamo, or Nick Kasamo. I'm not sure how to pronounce that either, even though I watched every freaking game last year, and uh, Sam Alexo. They're the top returning close defenders right now, and uh, that defense was not very good last year. The only bright spot on defense, we do have a solid group of short stick D mids. They're not the best short stick D mids overall, uh, but between uh, 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 Brandon Aviles, at least once again, Avilas, I, I always forget how to pronounce his name too, and uh, Dami Oladimoye, I think I got that one right, Old, Old, 
I can never say it. And this is the hungover podcast of 2023, guys. I am feeling pretty rough here this morning. I went to the Elmira Renegade versus the Syracuse Spark PBLA game last night. So I'm feeling a little bit rough around the edges and my brain is not functioning at a high level, but I am going to still soldier through here. Um, They're both back with more experience. I don't think that we have the greatest group of short stick D-mids, but every short stick D-mid that we roll out on the field between the four of them that'll rotate, all of them played a ton of minutes last year. And uh, that that will help, I think, a little bit. Uh, also providing a little bit of hope for the Orange uh, is uh, transfer goalie Will Mark. Mark posted a 5.57 save percentage in 2022 for LIU. If he ends up being the starter because he's got the experience and he can just repeat those numbers, if we can get a goalie between the pipes that saves the ball at a 55% clip, I think that's that that means the defense would probably hold the line about as well as they did last year. And I think this offense is going to be much improved over last year. But alas... As much as I wanted to give Cuse the number 20 spot, because I really do think in 2023 they'll end up a ranked team. I don't think there's any chance they're under 500 again, and I think any team in the ACC that's above 500 is going to end up being a ranked team. I just couldn't put them there without feeling like a homer. I, I, I'm trying, as I put the list together here, not to reward teams for last year's success or penalize them for last year's downfalls. But to a degree, I have to, you know, a, a team that was, what, 4-10 and 10 or whatever the hell Syracuse was, I just can't put them in the top 20. I've, I've told a couple of people privately, if they can get a blowout in their first game, in their first couple of games, if they can win these this first game against Vermont uh, in a considerable way, I, I will probably put them in, in at 20 in my poll after that. And then if they don't and it's close, maybe I still don't work them in. But if they start 3-0, and I'm going to have them in between 18 and 20, uh, hands down. And then that the, the I think that they should legitimately be 3-0 and by the time they hit Maryland here. Another th- reason I think Syracuse will end up ranked is I feel like the schedule and the way it plays out is a little, little bit more favorable to Syracuse. We've got three games that should all be winnable to start before we get into Maryland, Carolina, Duke, Hopkins. And then we have, you know, so even if they, they go 3-0 and and they drop all four of these, they're 3-4, and but then we go back to three more winnable games that gets them back above 500. So it, it's going to be a tough outing, a tough go for Syracuse, but I feel like between the games that they should win, if they handle their business there, we know they're going to pick up some conference games, at least one or two in the ACC. So I like the chance of Syracuse finishing above 500, and I think that gets them ranked. Now, let me shut up about Syracuse because they're not in my top 20. My first and uh, my uh, number 20 team here is going to be Army. Now, Army is a team that I feel confident they'll probably finish in the top 20 by the season's end, but they lost a lot of firepower, specifically on the offensive side with the graduation of Brendan Nick Turn. He had 41 goals, 60 assists, and 101 points in 2022. Now, Reese Burke is their top returning scorer, 44 points uh, last season. The reality, Army is going to need some guys to step up to make up for the huge void that Nick Turn leaves behind. To put it in perspective, Army's top three returning point getters combined for 110 points. Nick Turn had 101 by himself last year. They also lose uh, a very high-end and quality goalie in Wyatt Schupler, and their situation on defense is a bit murky as well after losing some guys to graduation. In 2022, they didn't even they didn't have a single defender that played and started in every single game of the year, so they had a lot of guys getting in and out and starting different games due to injury and, and whatnot. Uh, A.J. Pilati... Uh, 
or pilot. I'm not sure how to pronounce that either. He's a top returner in terms of takeaways. And Deacon Donaldson is a, he contributed heavily last year. Also, I think he what started nine of 14 games, played in 14, started nine of them. Uh, overall, key returners for Army: Reese Burrick, 29 goals, 15 assists, 44 points off 31.9% shooting. Paul Johnson uh, had 37 points off 36.1% shooting. Jacob Morin, 27 goals, two helpers off 31.4% shooting. And then you have uh, AJ there on defense, 13 caused turnovers, 27 GBs, and then Deacon Donaldson, 10 caused turnovers, 24 GBs. Uh, so Army again. It's tough to tell here because Boston U, the Patriot League, is is a quality conference, and like just like the ACC, they tend to beat each other up. Uh, the Patriot League is famous for the teams within its with you know kind of eating their own to a degree. So Army will have to fare well again in the Patriot League, and I'm not sure this this is one where I, I think there's a really good chance we have the kind of, it's kind of a next man up idea concept for Army, but there is a chance that Army is one of these teams that fall out of the top 20 because it is going to be very difficult for them to, it's going to take them some time to find a new offensive identity after you lose a 100-plus point score, and I'm just not sure about the depth. They're not a team that brings in transfers and crap like that like some of these other teams have so far. So I do like Army. I'm going to start them at my tw- in, in the 20 spot. They were 12 and four last year, so I mean, come on, uh, that, they they weren't that bad, and they could still be a ranked team even if they were a 10 and six or something like that. But idea being, I think that Army will end up finding a couple of guys offensively to contribute. I think with Army, typically whatever goalie they plug in ends up being really solid. Uh, you know, because because nobody knows what's going to happen after you graduate an All American caliber goalkeeper. You know, and you don't know always what to expect out of the new guy. But one thing that's for sure, Army usually puts good defenses on the field, and that usually helps their goalies, you know, traditionally stay in that range of 53 to 58% in terms of ball stopping. So I think I think that's a fair pick, and we'll see how they do. My number two, or well, my number 19 team in my poll is going to be Richmond. Now, what I like about Richmond is they've proven that they can turn solid lacrosse players into stars. Lanchberry comes to mind here. And they've consistently played at a high level against a tough schedule year in and year out, and that includes with their turnover. What I don't like about Richmond in 2023, they only have two guys coming back that scored more than 20 points. Dalton Young, he had 39 goals, 23 helpers, and Lance Madonna, 25 goals and 12 helpers. They did pick up Derek Madonna, Hobart transfer, but that doesn't answer all of the questions they're going to have on the offensive side. But they play a very, very uh, a team-first kind of offense, so I feel like you're going to see guys step up. Young could absolutely just tear it up this year. Lance Madonna I like as well, so we'll see how that plays out. But offensively, they have some holes to fill and some questions that have to be answered before we know what we're really going to see out of this Richmond team. They also lost two of their starting three close defenders, only Jake Saunders. I believe he was an honorable mention, All-American, and his 23 cause turnovers return. They do return two goalies that played considerable minutes, each uh, uh, and each stopped the ball above a 55% clip. So that should help their inexperienced defense a little bit, and that's the reason I have them still in this poll. There was three teams that I thought about dropping out as I was sitting here trying to figure out where I was going to put Syracuse, but uh, I, I ended up believing that, hey, man, what they did between what they did last year and, and who they have coming back, all of these teams deserve these three spots. So Richmond, right there, they're my number 19. They were 11-5 and last year, 4-1. and They lost to Penn in the first round of the NCAA tournament. 
and uh, and that and, and Jacksonville actually won their conference during the regular season, but Richmond was able to beat Jacksonville in the SoCon finals to actually get that NCAA tournament bid. That had to just tear the the hearts out of Jacksonville. Key returners, as I said, Dalton Young, 39 goals, 23 helpers, 37.5% shooting. Lance Madonna, 25 and 12 off 30.5% shooting. Derek Madonna, the Hobart transfer, 33 and 6 off 34% shooting. So they have a good core of guys that can put points up, and I think they'll all obviously improve their output so long as they're healthy. Saunders, 23 cost turnovers, 33 GBs. And then Braden McClure, the LSM, 14 cost turnovers, 20 GBs. And then in cage, Zach Vig, Vick, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, uh, he had a 5.52 save percentage, 9 and 4 win loss record. He didn't start every game, but he got the majority of the minutes and the time in cage for Richmond last year. All right, here we go. My third team uh, that I'm going to talk about today, technically my fourth team I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to put Jacksonville in at number 18. And their schedule is going to be brutal to start right off here. So it's one of those deals where it's going to be hard if Syracuse wins their first couple not to drop Jacksonville down. Same thing with Richmond. If we look at Richmond's schedule, uh, if I come back here, you know, they start out with Carolina. I like Richmond's schedule a little bit more for keeping them in the top 20. But, you know, if you're Jacksonville and you're starting out against Hopkins and Duke and you drop both of those games, you better whoop up on Marist and, uh, you know, get a win over High Point here after that. But anyway, Jacksonville tough read for me in 2023. Once again, similar to Richmond. On the offensive side, it's absolutely bonkers. And this is why I think Jacksonville, actually, they have a good shot at beating Hopkins and scaring Duke, I think, early in the season. And how they play against those teams will determine what I do in the polls after, obviously, here. But uh, I think they might be better than they were in 2022. And offensively, they were very good in 2022. They bring back their top three leading scorers, all of them started all 17 games last season. Max Walbaum, he had an insane 72 points off 48 goals and 24 dishes last year. Jacob Greiner, he was 51 and 18. Jackson Intrieri, 31 and 30. They're both back as well. But their big get in the transfer portal was Georgetown transfer Dylan Watson. That dude put up 58 goals and six helpers in 2022 for the Hoyas. So that's huge. And that's not the only transfer. They got a, a transfer midfielder from UMBC. They got a like they've picked up a couple of transfers to kind of fill out the depth on the offensive side, specifically at midfield. Now, defensively is where I'm not a big fan of what Jacksonville has going. They lose, I believe, two of their starting three poles. Uh, Jack Heed is the only uh, close defender, I believe, that's coming back. Tucker Garrity, short stick D-mid, kind of a two-way midfielder. He's back as well. They combined for 38 cause turnovers over a year ago, or uh, last year, not over a year ago. Uh, in 2022, 38 cause turnovers between the two of them. Heed, as I said, will anchor the close defense. Garrity will lead the defensive midfield unit. I am a big fan of Garrity because he's as close to a two-way midfielder as you see these days. He forced 18 turnovers and also put up six goals and eight helpers in 2022. Despite those top two returners on the defensive side, the short stick D-mid unit will be strong. Oh, I don't know why. That, that, that didn't make sense the way I worded that. Um, the, the short stick D-mid unit's going to be strong. I think they even brought in a couple of transfers that you could kind of call uh, defensive midfielders as well. But they're inexperienced at close defense and LSM. That's one of the question marks that I have and one of the things I'm, I'm interested to see what will happen in those first two games against Hopkins and Duke. Uh, but then 
returning goalie Luke Milliken, he'll need to have a big-time year in 2023 to make sure that they can consistently outscore their opponents. Why I still like Jacksonville despite their defensive losses is that Milliken's back, and yes, they might put an inexperienced defense on the field, but they're going to have a veteran goaltender who put up good numbers last year. He had a 5.82 save percentage last year and started all 17 games. So he had a veteran defense in front of him. So maybe we see that save percentage take a hit. But as long as he can stay above 54, 55% or so, I like Jacksonville's ability to outscore their opponents a, a great deal. So I think they're going to be okay despite those defensive losses. You might even see Jacksonville climb the polls. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I dropped them to 18 because of that loss to Richmond in the finals last year, in the SoCon finals last year, and because of their losses on defense. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out and play very respectable in their first two games against Hopkins and Duke. And then uh, they get Marist, High Point, UMass Lowell, so they'll be able to string some wins together after that. So uh, key key returners here, as I said, Walbaum forty eight and twenty four, Jacob Griner fifty one and eighteen, Jackson Intrieri thirty one and thirty, Dylan Watson fifty one and eighteen, Jack Heed twenty cost turnovers, Tucker Garrity eighteen cost turnovers to go with six goals and a helper, and then thirty seven GBs, and then Luke Milliken five eight two save percentage with a fourteen and three win loss record. So that's that's the start of my list here. I wanted to get through fifteen today, but the hangover prevented me from doing so. So I, I got you to my number eighteen team and I'm going to cover numbers 17 through probably 15. I'll probably do the next three on in Wednesday's episode. I'll talk a little bit about the PBLA. I actually went to the Elmira game, the PBLA. Either am I chirping the PBLA about their lack of stats after the game uh, that I went to last weekend? Either I got some free tickets from them because of my chirp and they were trying to make up for it, or I got some free tickets because I praised and gave glowing reviews of the actual experience. Uh, so they gave me four free tickets to go see Elmira and and uh, so the Syracuse Spark. Elmira Renegades versus the Syracuse Spark play last night up in Elmira. The whole family, I went with the whole family, and uh, my daughter had an incredible time. She, My son went to the Binghamton game with me. My daughter is going to the next game I go to in Binghamton. But the whole family went, and my daughter was fully fully in, clapping like crazy the whole time. We got to see Bubba Voigt score a filthy between-the-legs goal in Elmira's win. I actually left with about like 47 seconds left or something like that to get out ahead of the crowd at one of the stoppages of play. The game was physical as all hell. Um, uh, a lot of goal scoring, you know, going back and forth. Actually, Elmira jumped out to a 6 nothing lead, and I thought they were just going to roll Syracuse from there, but Syracuse battled back and ended up tying it up, and it kind of came down to the wire. Elmira scored a couple of late goals to get themselves, I think, a three-goal three cushion by the time we left. But for real, the Brad Voigt goal, and I'm, I, I'll have rolled the highlights of that, as you're listening to this, that was dirty, and it was great to see Bubba score himself. Uh, I think he had two goals on the game in the win, uh, and I didn't know that was him here. I, uh, I I saw Voight playing at Binghamton here, and I didn't. I knew it was a Voight, and in my head, I was just thinking, well, that must be like a little brother or a cousin or some crap like that. Py homies are the are the craziest, but no, it was it was in fact Bubba Voight. And it, once again, it was because there, we didn't have easy access to the rosters and crap like that while we were watching the game. So that's it, everybody. I will be back on Wednesday to go through number 17, number 16, and number 15 on my list. I already have the poll fully worked out top to bottom. I just have to write up and you know kind of research each team as I go. Uh, so I'll be back Wednesday 
with uh, the rest of my, you know, 17 through 15, and then I'll be back Friday with another film review. So this is today's episode, the hangover episode of 2023. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Again, you can go to laxfactor.com to watch all of our videos there, and you can get swag and support us that way as well. But really all I ask, share uh, the video with your friends, like the video, uh, uh, subscribe to us and uh, like us and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all the other places that you can find us. I'm trying to be more active in all of those places, especially Instagram and TikTok. I'm trying to put at least uh, you know, a short or two up every day or two. So that's it. Thank you. And Hoost is out. The Lats Factor Podcast.